daring escapes, brave resistance against Nazi occupation, and of course a love story for the ages. Doug Golds, the co-founder of the More FM radio network, has a knack for finding these stories. His latest book is about a Kiwi soldier in Crete who escaped a speeding train on its way to a German prisoner of war camp. He was helped by a young dressmaker who worked for a woman in the Greek resistance during the Second World War. Peter Blunden loved her, but never told her. And Doug Gold's new book tells the story of what happened when the war ended and a heroine of the resistance followed her heart to New Zealand. It's called The Dressmaker and the Hidden Soldier. And Doug Gold joins me now. Hello. Yeah, hi, Jesse. Great to talk to you. How did you first discover this story? Well, um, after uh, my first book, The Note Through the Wire, which um, surprised me by the the level of interest from readers, um, Eleanor Nunwin, my publisher, were interested in doing a second book, and they found a researcher who uh, found a number of different uh, true World War II stories, untold World War II stories, and uh, the one about Peter Blunden and Thalia Christadel was the one that I really thought would work, and um, and started work on that, and, and of course it's just been published. Why do you think his story isn't more well-known? <laughs> Look, I think there are hundreds of untold World War II stories out there, Jesse. A lot of the World War II veterans were very reluctant to talk about these things, and, and there are lots of books written about war heroes and about famous battles and famous escapes, but not so much written about ordinary people who were put into an extraordinary situation during one of the most turbulent times in modern history. So, um, you know, I think there are more stories out there than you probably realise about ordinary people who did very brave things in, in World War Two. Is it humbling to look into the lives of people like Thalia and Peter and, and what they endured at the time? It's It's very humbling. I mean... You get very emotionally invested in in the story, and uh, the more I got into it, the more respect and admiration I had for these two very brave and courageous people. And not many people know about the conditions that existed in Greece in World War II. Not only did they have the Nazis, and and some of the atrocities the Nazis committed were uh, almost unbelievable, um, but they also suffered from a collapsing economy and the worst famine that Greece had ever experienced. Over 300,000 people died in Greece during World War II from starvation. Um, So the the conditions in Greece were horrific. And you got a blueprint for Peter Blunden's story. He left behind a memoir. Do you think he had a sense of how remarkable his own story and experiences were? Yes, I mean, that was a wonderful resource. Um, He underplayed his... um, (laughs) His bravery a lot as a lot of those World War II veterans did. It was written in a very matter-of-fact yeah. uh, way, but uh, but nevertheless it provided uh, the framework for for the book. And um, you know I'm incredibly indebted to him and and his family who were very supportive um, during the whole writing process and provided me with a lot of additional information. So uh, the Blunden family in general were. Um, were incredibly helpful 
Um, but yeah, that that uh, that memoir that he wrote, sixty four pages, um, was was very helpful in in crafting the story and and getting a real sense of what he went through during that period. And so that story starts with, um, fair to say, some Kiwi ingenuity. Peter Blunden, who's a sheep musterer from Canterbury, and his mates escape, as I said, from a moving train after the fall of Crete. How, did, how on earth did they do that? Well, he, he actually taped a, a, a hacksaw or a, or a, a saw blade to, uh, to his thigh to avoid detection, and they actually cut a hole in the wooden door of the carriage that they were in, and uh, one of the prisoners, I'm not sure whether it was Peter, uh, put his hand through and unlatched the door from the outside, so they were able to um, to escape that way. And and they were shot at. Um, Peter and his his very good friend Patrick were shot at um, after they jumped from the train. They were the last uh, of the eight of the ten people that um, that escaped and. Uh, they were they were shot out by the Germans because the Germans realised by the time they jumped that uh, that the, the, there had been prisoners who'd um, escaped from the train. And on their way to find the woman who would hide them, they had some pretty close calls. How did they get through that German checkpoint? Yeah, well, they they had a lot of close calls um, all the way through. I mean, some of it was bluffing their way through, some of it was just bravado. Um, and, uh, and, and and in a couple of instances, they just they just ran and and outran the the, the, the Germans. So um, there were a lot of close calls, a lot of close escapes. Yeah, I understand they had a watermelon farmer to thank at one stage. Yeah, Peter did. Uh, he was very lucky in that respect. Um, and and there was a lot of luck uh, throughout the story as well. I mean, he could have been recaptured on any number of occasions. On on one occasion. He was sitting between two German officers um, at a local cinema, and because Peter looked uh, very much like a Greek, and because he spoke fluent Greek by that point, um, he went and watched um, uh, an English movie with uh, German subtitles. And the two uh, German officers who he was seated <laughs> beside didn't really uh, question why a Greek might be watching a, an English language film with German subtitles, so he escaped from that one as well. So another key person is Mrs. Tasula, a dressmaker who, um, with her teenage son, hid Allied soldiers fleeing the Nazis. Did, did you take a moment to wonder why why um, people in the Greek resistance would risk their own lives to help people like Peter and, and so many others? Yeah, look, the Greeks were, were very brave people. I mean, they, they hated the Germans, they hated the Nazis, and would do anything they could to um, to frustrate and, and thwart them. And, uh, and, and, and in a lot of cases, they helped Allied soldiers because those Allied soldiers, if they did escape, would be back on the front lines again, you know, fighting the enemy. So there were a lot of, a lot of motivations, and, and they were incredibly brave people because Tassula, Mrs. Tassula, I mean, she knew that she would get the death penalty um, if she was ever arrested, and ultimately she was arrested, so they 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 took a lot of risks in in taking on these people. And there was in in Thessaloniki there was a network of them um, that had uh, had German soldiers. There was a French consul. There were two friends of Mrs. Tassoula's who had um, Allied soldiers hidden 
there. So they took a lot of risks to uh, to, to help these people. Yeah, in fact, Thalia had had no idea that her boss was hiding soldiers in a room, and and the only view Peter had of her was through a keyhole. How did she eventually yeah, discover them? Yeah, initially that was the case. Yeah, that was it was a, it was a secret until one day she arrived back from uh, lunch early, and uh, the two men there were sitting at the table smoking, and uh, and and she'd always had Thalia had always had suspicions that there was something or someone in the locked room, but uh, she had no idea that there were two Allied soldiers in there. And for a time, the other dressmakers working there also knew about Peter hiding. Um, So he spent time with all of them, but at at some moment he realised he had deeper feelings for Thalia. Yeah, look, it was, uh, and and she for him, but uh, neither believed anything would come of it. And uh, Mrs Tassula actually warned Thalia against... um, a romance with an Allied soldier because he was sure that he would, um, after the war, would go home and uh, she would never hear from him again. And uh, and, and Thalia also knew that uh, that if she was found associating with an Allied soldiers, she would not only put herself at risk, but also Mrs. Sula and, and the soldier. So it was sort of an unspoken. It wasn't a, a romance in the traditional sense. They'd never kissed. Um, but they each had feelings for each other. Um, and Peter, after the war, when he came back to New Zealand, never forgot about Thalia, and, and that's when he wrote to her proposing. So uh, it's an incredible love story because, as I say, it's it's not one in the traditional sense because there'd be no physical relationship yeah. um, while he was um, staying with Mrs. Tasula. I'm talking to the famous radio entrepreneur Doug Gold, uh, entrepreneur turns historical author, his new book is called The Dressmaker and The Hidden Soldier, but you may have come across his previous book, The Note Through the Wire. And we're talking about the story, the love story of Peter and Thalia. Yeah, he never told her, eh? N- never told her when they were face-to-face how he felt. A different time. No, no, no. It was sort of... They, they, they both knew there was chemistry there. They both knew that there was some sort of magnetism, but, uh, but it was unspoken. It sounds like a remarkable guy. I mean, having escaped Greece... Goodness knows how many times he escaped death, uh, survives nearly a, a year in hiding, finally gets to Egypt where the Kiwis are, and then what does he do? Back to battle in Italy. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, he was a very courageous man, very humble and very modest man. I've, I've never met him, obviously, but um, in talking to the family, I mean, he was a very modest and, and humble man, but very courageous and in terms of what he did to go back on the front lines after having gone through what he did was remarkable. And you mentioned this earlier. What happened to Mrs. Tasula after after Blunden left? Two days after she after he left, um, she was arrested. I mean, she'd been under suspicion for some time, and and Peter realised that, and and Tasula realised that as well. And two days after uh, Peter left, she was uh, arrested by the Nazis, sentenced to death in a, in a, in a, in a sham trial and uh, sent to uh, Heptapurgeon Prison, which is a terrible, terrible place. I visited it and uh, not since I've been, since I went to Auschwitz and Dachau have I ever felt uh, such Gosh. revulsion. It was, a, it was a terrible place. So she went there first um, and then uh, went to two concentration camps. So... Uh, she had a terrible time. She survived, um, 
the death sentence was never carried out. No one quite knows why, but uh, she did survive. But uh, she was a shell of the woman that she was when um, when the war started. In in your book, um, after the war, Peter's a bit. Peter's a bit disillusioned with New Zealand on his return. And I should say the book is based on a true story, but parts of it are fictionalised. But did you get a sense that the real Peter Blunden felt that way too? Absolutely. Um, He mentioned it in his memoirs. Um, His family mentioned it to me. And and it's not, it wasn't an uncommon thing for uh, World War II soldiers returning um, to New Zealand. You know, a lot of New Zealanders after the war, those who hadn't served, um, you know, sort of looked sideways at those who had and and tried to avoid them because they felt that uh, somehow they were lesser people because they hadn't been to the war. Um, Some of the the soldiers who who served out the whole war looked down on some of the prisoners of war. Um, And and ordinary people got on with life. They were more interested in in the price of bread and politics and you know, and, and other issues. So, you know, some of these young people who it's had spent some of the best years of their lives serving for their country were almost forgotten um, or ignored when, when they came back home. And, and, and I've read numerous um, reports and stories of uh, New Zealand soldiers who came back quite disillusioned, um, you know, after they'd been back in the country for uh, for a few months. I mean, in, in the in, in the period when they first came back, sure, they were touted as heroes and given a hero's welcome, but that soon passed, and um, and, and they, they tended to be forgotten. My sister Sula made contact with Peter after um, being released from the concentration camp. Um, how much of this is true? Uh, the story is she sent a letter with the address, Peter Blunder, New Zealand soldier, yeah, look, I don't know whether that's exactly true or not. Um, I mean, as I say, there were certain things, certain gaps that had to be filled in. Um, but she did get a letter to him, and she had no idea of what his address was. So um, uh, she, it must have been a very vague, um, mm-hmm. vague address because um, she did send the letter and he did receive it. Uh, yeah, she tells him what's happened, tells him that she's been arrested, um, tells them about the horrific conditions in the prison and in the concentration camp. And then P.S. Thalia as well and sends her kindest regards. And so Peter sends a letter to Thalia via Mrs. Tasula asking her to marry him. Had that been on his mind for some time, do you think? Yeah, look, I think it was. Um, look, he never forgot her. And you know, right throughout his time, uh, after his escape from from Greece and, and while he was on the front lines. I mean, he never forgot about this young dressmaker. And, uh, you know, and, and when he got back to New Zealand, he kept thinking more and more about her and, and um, ultimately uh, t- decided to take the plunge and propose. And a, and a proposal by letter is a, is, is a pretty remarkable thing to do. Uh, and, and the other part of that story is that Dahlia um, was pretty much committed to her childhood sweetheart, Gosh. Um, a chap called Laika in, in, in Greece. So she was conflicted as well. But uh, in the end, uh, her stronger feelings for Peter prevailed and, uh, and she accepted and 
and came out to New Zealand, which once again was a pretty brave thing to do in, in those days, to travel all the way from Greece to New Zealand, not speaking English and, um, and making a new life for herself with someone she hadn't seen for a number of years. Gosh, it's a good decision. The marriage worked, huh? Oh, absolutely. They were a very happy family, and uh, yeah, she, it was a very good decision. When did they get that first kiss? Uh, when, uh, after, after she got off the boat. <laughs> I think it happened fairly quickly. Huh. And I guess many of us will never understand that bond, right? 58 years. Peter died in 2005, but having lived through what they did, they had so much history together even before that first kiss. Yes, and, and I think that brought them together um, even more because those shared experiences going through and dealing with those horrific conditions, um, I think that drew them closer, you know, after the war as well um, because, uh, you yeah, know, they, they, they were, went through, went through a lot together in the 10 months that he was there and um, experienced a lot together. And they went back to Greece? Went back to see Mrs. Yeah, Tissouma? they did. Yeah, they did. In, in later years, I think, um, from memory, I think it was 1976 when they went back to Greece and reunited with um, with, with, with Mr. Sauler and Thanasis and, and, and the other people who helped them during the time that uh, Peter was staying in Greece. One review of your book simply says, this story makes me proud to be a New Zealander. Do, do you feel that way too, having researched it and written it? Yeah, I do. And, 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 and I think it make, would, would make me feel proud to be a Greek too if, if, hmm. if I was from Greece because um, what, what they went through and, and what they did to help Peter and other Allied soldiers uh, was pretty amazing. But yeah, it did make me feel proud to be a New Zealander. And stories like this, right, when you're having a bad day, when the traffic's bad or, or when the shop's out of your favourite bread, probably useful and helpful and therapeutic to spare a thought for the lives of people like Peter and, and Thalia, as you say, just one story among millions, but it really puts it all into perspective. It does indeed. I mean, you know, people of our generation, and, and I'm a lot older than you, Jesse, but, uh, I mean, we've never experienced what they did. We've never gone through you know, a war, we've never had to deal with those sort of conditions. Um, and so that, that's one of the reasons I've got so much admiration and respect for them. Have you connected with their family? Are there, are there members of that family still around in New Zealand? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Nora and Pepe, two of Peter and Thalia's daughters, were um, very helpful in, in crafting the story and gave me a lot of guidance in terms of their parents' characters and 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 did a lot in, in terms of shaping the story. Uh, without them, it could never have been written the way that it is. And the other members of the family, even though I haven't um, haven't met them personally, Neil and Elaney, I've had uh, email contact with them and, and, and they've been very supportive as well. Great stuff. You must be very proud of this book. Yeah, I am. I am, Jesse. I'm more proud of the people that were involved in it than uh, than anything else. But uh, yeah, it's been very pleasing to to record this story, and 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 I think it's important for, for people of our generation to record these stories uh, because otherwise they'll be lost lost forever. Because uh, future generations know very little about 
World War Two and, and very little about what people went through. Well, congratulations. Uh, great to connect with you. Um, must be, what, 25 years since we first met in my first radio job. So thank you for your support at the time and, and, and well done on this next career of yours. Thanks, Jesse, and, and congratulations on your career. I've watched it with interest and from those early days at, at Moore FM when you were doing breakfast, uh, to see how you've grown and developed and, uh, you know, created a, 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 a real strong career for yourself. It's Doug Gold. The book is called The Dressmaker and the Hidden Soldier.